talked this spring about activity championships. We've talked about speech, debate, and theater. We've talked about music championships, and we've talked about Scholar Bowl championships. Our first sport to come out of the shoot in the spring, and our spring championships are extremely tight. They're, they're dense. In just a few weeks, we get a lot done. But our very first one is boys golf. And our boys golf championships are run by Assistant Executive Director Greg Stahl. Welcome, Greg. Hello. Good to be with you. We are looking at our boys golf championships. Tell us uh, dates and locations. Well, on the dates, I believe May 15th and 16th. Monday and a Tuesday is when we will start the two playing days of the Boys Golf Championships. Uh, previous day on that Sunday, our qualifying schools will, the vast majority of them will start rolling in to the host site for their classification, playing their practice rounds, uh, doing our coaches meetings, uh, doing our rules meetings from our MGA officials. So it's really a two-day competition event, but really three days when you take into the lead-up day for coaches meetings and things of that nature. How do we qualify students for the boys golf championships? Well, we have five classes total, and in each classification we have four districts. In class one, we'll have roughly between 20 and 22 schools per district, and in classes two through five, uh, we'll have in the neighborhood of uh, 16 schools per districts. And you can qualify in, in one of two ways, uh, team qualifier and individual qualifier. So at each of our districts, we will award the district champion and the district runner-up first and second place at each district. And the top four individuals of those two teams will automatically advance. And then in addition to that, we will bring the other 12 top individuals at the districts that are not on a qualifying team. Okay, so total number in one class for boys golf at a state site, what would the total number be? So your minimum number of golfers at each site is going to be 80. And in some situations, we're going to have above 80, probably not uh, max out above the 86 number. When we have ties in individual competition at the district level in the top 12 individuals, those ties get to advance as well. So that's why you may make it to a state championship golf site and there may be 83 qualifiers or 84 or 85 or 86. That will always mean that we had ties at the district level competition. And with our individual sports, we try to help listeners understand how we have an individual component, we have a team component. So in the sport of golf, our team component is a combination. We add the scores of four golfers. So a team can have five golfers, but we're going to take the best four scores that day, and that's the team score for that day. But we have a, a two-day tournament, so we will play two rounds of 18, uh, one on Monday, one on Tuesday, and we're taking the best four scores on each day for the team score. Is that correct? Correct, correct. And back to the team qualifying component, if you finish first or second at your district, those top four scores that constitute the team score at the district tournament, the players that shoot those top four scores are the players that advance. So no longer does a state qualifying team to our state tournament automatically bring that fifth player. There are a couple of exceptions to how that fifth player on a potential qualifying team can make it to the state tournament, but it's no longer a, a given 
that a team qualifier to the state tournament will bring five individuals. It is a given that they will bring four individuals. And you're right, once we get to the state tournament, 18 holes on day one, 18 holes on day two, it's the scores of those top four players on each qualifying team that will constitute the team score at the state championships. Now, Greg, if a school has four individuals qualify, but their team didn't place first or second out of the district tournament, can a team then accrue team points if you have at least four individuals? Yes, they can. And, and we have that happen more often than you would think. We will have a school that at the district tournament four out of their five kids shoot a good enough score to be in those top 12 individuals that get to advance the state tournament, but they may place third as a team at the district. So if those four individuals from the same school qualify to the state championships, they are then also afforded the opportunity to compete as a team at the state championships. So when all is said and done, we're going to have what we call the state medalist or the state champion individual will trophy the top four teams Correct. in each class. So can you talk to us a little bit about our venues for each class? Sure, so we have five classes of boys golf this spring. Class one boys will play at the Country Club of Missouri in Columbia. Class two will be at Rivercut in Springfield. Class three at Meadow Lake at New Bloomfield. And Class 4 will be at Sedalia Country Club, and Class 5 at Silo Ridge in Bolivar. Okay. And how does that work for the students? They play on Monday and Tuesday. Are there practice rounds? Do they have an opportunity to play that course ahead of time? They do, and, and it comes down to really how far ahead the school's coach is planning in order to get that practice round in before the state tournament. So. We now have, for our district tournament, we now have three calendar dates that a district tournament can be played on. There's no longer just one standalone calendar date. But I can tell you the latest of those three calendar dates for district tournaments is the Monday, one week ahead of the state tournament. So all qualifying schools and their practice rounds, they are permitted one practice round between the Tuesday following their whenever their district tournament was played through that Sunday prior to the state tournament starting. If a team wants to schedule during the regular season a day to go down and, and play the course that their classification is going to be held at, they're most certainly able to do that. But once you get to that Tuesday through Sunday prior to the state tournament starting, every qualifying player is allowed one practice round. And Greg, you're one person. We have five courses and five classes in five areas of the state where we're, we're hosting these. Is there a, a site manager? Who's in charge at the actual site? So for each state championship site, we will have a manager and an assistant manager of that tournament. Our managers, most often, our managers are typically former longtime high school golf coaches that are now retired, not coaching. They have the flexibility to work for us at the state championship site, but at the same time, they understand and have a depth of knowledge with high school golf. You know, the common, the common errors or the common rules interpretations and things of that nature that occur in the high school golf arena, these retired former head golf coaches at the high school level are familiar with all of those moving parts and questions and interpretations that may occur 
at a state championship site. Our assistant managers most of the time are current active head coaches. Not only are they current head coaches, but they're also knowledgeable of the technology program that we use to administer our state golf tournament called Golf Genius. So those individuals are critical to have at our tournament. Uh, the ability to administer our state championships using that online platform allows us to do things like live scoring. In addition to that, it makes the changeover between day one and day two much faster, producing new tee times, team scores after day one, individual scores after day one. All those things can happen in a much more timely fashion. In addition to the manager and assistant manager at eSite, we will also work very closely with the Missouri Golf Association, who helps secure MGA golf officials for us to be present at the site of our state championships. MGA golf officials, typically we try to get four of those at each site, and ideally we like to have two certified golf officials on the front nine and two on the back nine, depending on which side of the golf course is, is tougher, so to speak, or has a, a harder handicap by hole, but we'll, we'll assign those as needed. We also, in addition to the management staff and the officials, there's a number of volunteer workers that the host site course helps provide as well. We talked a little bit about how the student athletes can play the course one time after their district tournament to the state tournament. However, golfers know that a course is not the same day to day. There are decisions made by pros or superintendents of a golf course. There are decisions made that, that affect the play of that course. Who's deciding pin placements? Who's deciding where our tees are going to be? Who's deciding whether we're going to play the ball down if we've had weather or those kinds of things? How are those decisions being made? Well, first of all, well before the state tournament, myself and the club pro at each golf course, we will communicate back and forth and come up with the overall total distance that we want the course to play at the state championship. That, of course, will set our tee markers and where our tee markers on each hole is going to be placed at. In addition to that, when we get to pin placements, the actual day of play, a number of things come into play there. You can't always control Mother Nature. You can't always control different ground conditions, especially on the greens when it comes to infectious disease or things of that nature that may set in on greens just right before the state tournament. So a lot of times our pin placement those decisions will be made by the course superintendent based on the green to green condition. We do say and request, or I should say, I request from the golf courses to make the pin placements playable. We are talking about high school golf here. We're not talking about PGA players. We're going to have a fairly vast range of skill level in our total field of players especially by classification. And we have a lot of consistency in the courses that host our state championships. So they know that they've got to have certain pin placements, you know, for the boys' state championships. And, you know, is it class one, class two, class three, class four, class five? All those things come into play. When it comes to actual playing conditions, the day of the state tournament, weather delays, things of that nature, it's our state tournament manager who will make that final decision, but certainly in consultation with the course superintendent, especially if we have to delay for a certain amount of time for water to be able to drain off the course so that we're not causing damage to the course by getting out there too early. 
Usually in the spring with boys golf, we're dealing with rain as inclement weather where, you know, in the fall with girls, you're dealing with frost because we're playing in uh, mid to later October. So all those things impact whether tee times can go on as scheduled or if we have to navigate, you know, having a delay of some kind put in place. What's the experience like for a coach? Can a coach coach student athletes over the course of the 18 holes? How does that work? And then also spectators, lots of parents are out there to watch. How much access do they have to the course while their sons are playing? So each qualifying school to the state championships, regardless of whether you've qualified one player or five players, it doesn't matter. You can have a maximum of two school-approved coaches that will be identified with a hang tag that has coaching and instruction access to those players on the course during a round of play. Now in Missouri, one of the coaching restrictions, so to speak, is you can coach a golfer on your team from the time they tee off until the time that their ball reaches the green and the players within 10 yards of the green. Once both of those conditions have been met, with ball being on the green and player being within 10 yards of the green, that's when coaching instruction has to stop. That's in place by our golf advisory committee, and really that's in place to help with what can be pace of play issues. If we have more than just the the golfer themselves up there reading putts and, you know, if if we allow that coach to be more of a caddy all the way from tee to green until they hole out, there can be some pace of play issues that's created. So the only restriction in the coaching, like I said, is once a player's ball's on the green and the player's within 10 yards of the green, coach has access to them. But once those two conditions are met, the coaching instruction stops until the player holds out and moves on to the next tee box. And for parents and spectators? So parents and spectators, uh, we certainly welcome them. Uh, Obviously, we want parents and spectators to be able to watch these young men play and experience the state golf championships, but but there's some guidelines in place that we have to have in place for reasons. Any spectator or fan that's a part of what we call the gallery have to be located behind the last player in each group, 25 yards. No member of the gallery, whether you're a parent or just a casual fan, you cannot have communication with the golfer during that round. You can't leave the cart path. You're supposed to stay on the cart path. You're not there to help look for balls or spot balls. Basically, the only thing an individual in the gallery can do is point in the general direction of where a ball went. We, on occasion, have have some issues with this. We have occasionally members of the gallery that feel like, you know, that they have access to coach the kid or, or give the kid feedback or communicate a club selection of some kind and and you can't do that when or if those situations are witnessed and and can be documented it's actually penalizing to the golfer so we want fan and spectators to have a good time but we want them to be that we want them to be fans and spectators Uh, we don't want them to be you know fill in coaches when perhaps the coach has to be with another player on a different hole and you know they may not at that exact time be there you know, with that other player on their team. So, but those are all things our golfers should be very used to. I'll be honest, as a former golf coach myself, very seldom do golf coaches get the opportunity during the regular season to follow their kids around shot by shot by shot 
And so really the kids aren't used to that anyway, you know, being coached up between every shot. And, you know, sometimes that, you know, that might be beneficial to a kid, but you've also seen times where it's not beneficial because they're not used to that constant input from somebody else, you know, shot by shot throughout the round. So anyway, that's, that's for the golfers and the coaches to, to decide how they're going to work that out. But only the coaches have the access to the coaching instruction during the round. How are groups determined and tee times determined? Well, it's different on the two days at the state tournament. On the first day of the state tournament, off hole number one, we will send off all players who are there at the state championship on a qualifying team. And on hole number 10, on the backside, we will send off all golfers that have qualified there as individuals. Their whole team is not there. They're there as an individual or there may be one or two or three from the same school, but they're playing as individuals. That's only on day one. On day two, all pairings and tee times are based off of your day one score that you shot as an individual golfer. So day one for coaches that are there with a qualifying team is more manageable for that coach because at least their players are all on the same side of the golf course on day one on, the, on Monday. Uh, but on day two, all bets are off because all, all the pairings and tee times are done based on individual scores from day one. So coaches could have, you know, they might have two kids on the backside and two kids on the front side of the course at the same time on day two. And that's just something that, that we continue to navigate. But, you know, the, the blessing in disguise there is congratulations. You, you qualified a high number of kiddos. You know, that, that's a good problem, right? The more kids I've qualified to the state tournament, uh, the more problematic it becomes for me as a coach to be able to check in on all of my players as much as I would like to but at least I have that high number of players there and more than likely getting to compete as a team. Students play in threesomes or foursomes? Well we actually every state championship site we really strive to use threesomes. We just feel like that for the general pace of play that's better for all golfers on the course However, you cannot have a group of two, so a lot of times to avoid having a, a twosome, you have to have at least one foursome on the course, or perhaps two foursomes on the course and everything else is threesomes. But we do try our very best to use the play in threesomes format, knowing that every group will not possibly be three, could possibly have a foursome out there. And scoring, you're in a group of, of two or three others, how is scoring? Do we use a uh, an app? Do I just keep my own score and everybody, you know, everybody turns in their own score? How does it work in high school golf? Well, let me say first, we know high school golf's evolving. I mean, golf in general is evolving with the use of technology. But right now for Missouri high school golf, we still use the hard scorecard. The players before they ever hit one shot at the starters table, they will exchange scorecards with each other. They cannot keep their own card. Furthermore, in that threesome or in that group of foursome, their cannon will never be more than one player from the same school. So we'll split those out so that you don't have someone from your school that's in the same threesome or foursome. But basically it's a it's an A keeps B and B keeps C and C keeps A's score. And they will do that throughout the whole round of 18 holes 
at the bottom of the scorecard of the player that you're keeping, there is a grid for you to keep your own score, but it's just a marker grid. It's for you to mark your own score as, as you play hole by hole, but that has nothing to do with official score. Once the 18 holes have concluded, all players report to an official scoring area. That's where they go through their hole-by-hole -hole scores and confirm if that's the accurate score or, or talk about if there's a uh, discrepancy in what I have as a score for you on that hole versus what you have for yourself on that hole. And the student-athletes in the sport of golf, like no other, maybe tennis, are asked to use the highest level of honesty and character and integrity of any sport we have. And that's because we are not in a place with the sport of golf, and again, even tennis, where we can have a certified official watching you play every stroke of every round in order to say, yes, that was your score on that hole, or no, that was not your score. So, you know, the, again, the, the kids are really asked to honor the game of golf big time. And you'll hear that word honor used a lot with the sport of golf because a huge part of the sport of golf is calling yourself out for your own infractions or your own penalties that you may have made knowing or unknowing throughout the round. So we are coming up on our golf championships. We're hoping for great weather uh, so that we can get two full days in. But we, we have adjusted before. We can adjust within the day as long as all competitors have the same experience in that day. And frankly, there are times when we have a one-day tournament because of weather. And that's, you know, again, the whole class because the weather at Silo Ridge in Bolivar may or may not be the same as the weather at the, the Country Club of Missouri in Columbia on, the, on any given day. We may have some of our classes have a full two-day tournament. We'll have some who have a one. We'll have some who are able to go off tee times that particular day, but because of a weather delay in a different area of the state, we're going to be shotgunning the tournament. We have all kinds of different things we have to adjust for. Anytime you have an outdoor sport, you, you're going to have adjustments. And in the sport of golf, because it takes so long <laughs> to play right. 18 holes, and, it's, and if you do tee times, it takes so long to start that, and you have to give a reasonable opportunity for every every student to finish prior to dark because we don't have any lights or anything like that. There's a lot that goes into trying to figure out how to adjust for the conditions. There are a lot of moving parts and variables come the playing dates of the state tournament. You're 100% accurate on everything you just said. And I, this is my seventh year, I believe, of overseeing the sport of golf. And just, just to what you just shared with the audience, we have had years where Rivercut and Springfield may be playing under sunlight and no rain, but we have another course and another class at a different location that's under a two-and-a-half-hour lightning delay and, and by the time that that weather gets cleared out and moves on, there's absolutely no way for us to play using tee times off of hole one and hole 10. So immediately on the fly, we're trying to switch that over and doing a shotgun start. 
because there may still be enough time left in the day for everybody to play 18 holes, but only if we shotgun start. Ideally, we do absolutely everything that we can to hang on to our use of tee times and teeing off of either number one or, or hole number 10. You know, another point you made is there, there's been a number of years where, you know, you have three of your five classes of boys that gets in full day of play on Monday and a full day of play on Tuesday, but you may have two other classes located in a, in a geographical area of Missouri that, that's dealing with weather. So they may get a full day of play in on Monday and come Tuesday it rains and rains and rains and rains and then next thing you know either the course superintendent saying the course will be unplayable today but you can also have the reverse of that you can literally have weather conditions all day on Monday and then no holes get played but Tuesday you come back you play 18 and unfortunately in those situations it results in an 18 hole tournament and nobody wants to see a state championship be an 18-hole tournament. But the fact of the matter here as it relates to state golf championships and the venues that we have to use is these venues, or golf courses, if you will, they're not just hosting Misha State Golf Championships. They're hosting lead play. They're trying to make sure that the course is still available to their membership that basically pays the bills for that course to even be open. They have other corporate events that come in and rent out their course. So we have all kinds of those conflicts that we run into that doesn't make it just easy for us to say, oh, we'll just move and keep playing on Wednesday. Uh, no, the course isn't available on Wednesday. And we're not going to do 18 holes at one course and 18 holes at a different course. That's not a good thing for the field or fans and spectators you know, with, with motel rooms reserved and things of that nature. But there's definitely a lot of moving parts and variables that can, that can flip you upside down in a hurry in terms of what your ideal plans are versus what you end up doing. And the limitations on the golf course side, as you've <laughs> done a really nice job of, of pointing out, are one piece of it. But the limitations on the school side and the, and the family side, especially in the middle of May, May, April, May in school life is busy, and there is a lot going on. And the likelihood that these boys who are coming to the state golf tournament on for Monday and Tuesday in the middle of May don't have something pretty important going on in their school life or their family life the next day or the next two days, it's, it's pretty low. It's very busy for these boys. They're really good at their sport. They're getting an opportunity to play at the highest level for high school and it's really awesome but they've got other stuff they've got to get back for so we are very committed and we're limited we don't have the choice to extend the the tournament by a day it is what it is it's monday and tuesday may 15th and 16th and we're going to do the best we can to get a full tournament in but if we can't we're going to find a way to 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 get a championship if we can at all it's a great tournament we have greg you do a great job really managing it it's different than any of our other championships in that we're in multiple places at once we we hardly ever have that with our championships we're usually in one venue and our administrator can kind of be over everything and and you have to give up the reins a little bit you're you're certainly involved at all five sites however you can only be in one place at one time so it's a little bit different to run at golf championships it's a lot different you're right i will physically be able to be at one of the five sites 
thankfully I do have other staff here at the Misha office that is willing to go be at one of the other four sites that I'm not able to physically be at. But but I, I am in charge of making sure that, you know, everything is set up for all five sites. You know, our computer program is, is set up and in place to administer all five sites, the management teams at all five sites. I will oversee that, but I will, I will physically be able to be at one of the five sites. And you're right, that's tough because you want to be able to see what's going on at each site. You want to be able to be in tune and hear about what's going on at each site. And typically for me, just the way golf works and with us being at five different locations, typically my, uh, my cell phone is a, is a very hot item during the two days because I'm on the phone with the managers at each site routinely checking in with them, especially if weather is even part of the conversation always involved with that with that communication and that final decision but thankfully we've got good people out there that's willing to help us out and continue to make sure that we've got organization in place and and that kids are getting ready to have a a memorable experience at our state golf championships all right well thank you greg stahl assistant executive director the missouri state high school activities association in charge of the sport of golf this is dr jennifer uxted the executive director Thanks for listening about Boys Golf Championships today. This is Dr. Jennifer Ruxted, the Executive Director of the Missouri State High School Activities Association. Thank you for listening to the Misha All Access podcast and having an interest in Missouri high school activities and athletics. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Misha All Access podcast or any of the episodes in this podcast, please consider subscribing or liking with your favorite podcast provider. It helps other people find us, and we really appreciate you listening and supporting the Missouri State High School Activities Association.